0: Someone just waking, Adam rises from his bed, commences dressing. Now that he is on his feet, he can see through the window a tall cypress that resembles the Grand Inquisitor's mitre. This past night, he dreamed of the auto da fe. For some reason, since he settled in Israel, he has hardly ever dreamed the events of his own life. Instead, he dreams events of centuries ago concerning persons whose fate has only the remotest connection with his own. At night, his own life is censored, while in its place he sees public bonfires. Last night, the Grand Inquisitor was burning a certain book. It seemed to Adam that the name of the book was Faust. Despite his feeling that the book, to a great degree, deserved to burn, The business pained him. The Inquisitor, with his black conical hat, though true to his name, was, after all, burning Faust. Today breaks like a blitzkrieg. From the street, voices climb into his room. The noise of cars rushing downtown jumbles with the usual clanging of the milkman's bottles. Somebody shouts, Mrs. Epstein, your paper! Then a newspaper whizzes through the air and, bang, is on the porch, while across the street a child is howling. Adam can hear the landlady breathing on the other side of the door. He is certain this refined woman is now peeking through the keyhole. He sticks his wet face over the edge of the old-fashioned little sink whose faucets shriek and gurgle and cries out toward the door, The sun's countenance is pitch-black, Ruthie, and clouds cloud the heart. She blushes, poor thing, and her head, which was close to the keyhole, bumps the door. He almost bursts out laughing. But this morning has brought with it a hazy realization that Mrs. Edelson deserves different treatment, so he nips his laughter in the bud, transforming it into a loud gargle. "'Adam? What are you really thinking about?' says Mrs. Edelson in German. "'Nothing at all, Ruthie. "'I simply wanted to know if I am still handsome in the morning.' "'You are, Adam!' and again she blushes, "'that woman out of a faded photograph. "'A prolonged silence as he finishes washing. "'Then Mrs. Edelson giggles just a bit. "'It's early in the morning and already we're romantic.' she says, half embarrassed, while he brushes his shirt with a silver-handled brush. Adam adores the landlady's German, a language which, in his own words, uplifts you to the height of heights and flogs you with horsewhips. Ruthie still speaks the German of her youth. Every day since his arrival in Israel, he has renewed his acquaintance with that beautiful ancient tongue which here has not gone sour in the past twenty years. When Ruthie spoke, he saw the mysterious beauty of an old book, of a bookcase of old books, of a picture from the house of his parents. Through the words of Mrs. Edelson, the pension landlady, he heard the voice of his mother and Uncle Franz Josef and his father. He had, however a complaint against the body of this dainty elderly woman. How was her body able to preserve its luster of youth, its resilience, its infallibly smooth skin, the body of a woman past childbearing? How is this possible? How old are you, Ruthie? He shouts suddenly. Fifty, Adam. Don't laugh. Just today I turned exactly fifty. Glukov says he and lowers his head into the sink, the nerve of her, with poetic license yet, as lovely as a virgin, a warm body, silver hair drawn back. When she stood naked before him, he couldn't take his eyes off her, not a single wrinkle in her whole body. What passion intact, as though her body had been frozen years ago and now had suddenly thawed. Right now, though, he is in a hurry. He puts on his fancy blue shirt, smooths out his jacket, carefully shining its gold buttons, every one of which has the emblem of Herr von Hamdung stamped on it.